just after 3 o'clock on a lovely Thursday afternoon. How are you? Welcome to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Orders Nation YouTube, uh, always presented by our title sponsor, PlayAlberta.ca, where uh, you can get in the game, get in on the excitement. You can score big with the uh, same game parlay at PlayAlberta.ca. Sign up today with the uh, promo code SPORTS50 and get a $50 free bet. Is, uh, the uh, Edmonton owners, uh, no skating today. They just had a little bit of a meeting, some film work. They will have a morning skate tomorrow and then take on the Minnesota Wild, who won't skate tomorrow because they're skating in Vancouver tonight. And so tomorrow will be the Wild's third game in four days. Now, that doesn't guarantee that you beat them. It's just a little bit of a scheduling advantage. But the Wild, now we'll see what happens in Vancouver tonight, but uh, the Wild come in, they're playing quite well. They're 4-0. And uh, they will try... Uh, with John Hines to match Jay Woodcroft's record of a perfect 5-0 and start in a coaching career. He was the first coach to do it. Did it with the orders when he came in in 2022. So John Hines has a chance to tie that tonight. Um, as we get now to our uh, regular Thursday co-host, we always appreciate it. You know, he's pretty busy right now, of course, uh, filming season three of uh, Shorzy in the uh, in the new year. We'll be back to uh, lots more uh, regularly, but we always like having him on for an hour or so here or there. Uh, Terry Ryan joins us. TR, how you doing? I apologize uh, and I commend you guys for your patience and the uh, listeners. Uh, I'm here till the 19th, and obviously my schedule is a bit wonky, but I, I have a lunch hour here yet, quote-unquote lunch, this late in the day. But um, So I figured, you know, I'd do what I can, so you got me for an hour. Buddy, it's good. I like it. Uh, how's filming coming along? How's season three shaping up? Great. Uh, today, honestly, today was I had the most lines today ever that I've ever had, but probably by double. This was a big, big well, was, and I got another about an hour or two after lunch, but large time, like, I, I don't like to look too many days ahead. I like reading the script because I don't want to confuse myself with what's upcoming. But I don't know. I, today I had to chime in almost 60 times. So last night I had to remember every not only every word but every chime in, what to come in after, and then how to go about it acting. It took a long, long time. But when we got in there, it was a well-oiled machine. The other, it was me, Goody, Dolo, and, and Jarrett. And we knocked off a bunch of scenes like that and, you know, everybody had to be on their game. And like I said, man, we're all hockey players, and I'm telling you, it comes through. There are parallels. We all knew that. So we knew if someone showed up today and they didn't have at least a great, a good idea, like 75% of their lines down, they would have gotten crap. And, and luckily it worked out. Um, uh, the Edmonton Oilers, hey, uh, speaking of crap, they haven't had much lately. Uh, they're 5-0. and They've been outscoring teams 26-8. to That's an average of basically winning games by a score of 5-2 to for uh, for five games in a row. They uh, spanked the Carolina Hurricanes last night, a uh, team who uh, came in giving up the fewest shots in the game. The Oilers scored on their first two shots of the game. They scored two goals in 41 seconds. Uh, the second fastest two goals in franchise history. You got to go back to 1982 when they did two goals in 24 seconds to start a game any quicker. Like the third line was great. I want to talk to you from your perspective as a guy who's a bottom six guy. Just, you know, that energy boost. I know that it's grown men and it's your job, but there's still something cool about getting to start the game in the NHL. Oh man, that's a great, that's a great comment. My first game ever, I started. 
I started against the Legion of Doom. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Philadelphia, yeah, man. It was Lindros, Renberg, and LeClaire. I couldn't believe it. Game one. But it was such a privilege. And I tell you, um, Alan, no. Yeah, it was, it was Mario Trombley. Of course it was. Yeah, man, I don't think about this much. I think about the game, but it was a real honor for them to do that because it was like maybe the seventh or eighth game of the year, and I'd been there, and I told you the whole point for that season was for me to be there and like learn from practice, and then they were going to send me back to junior, and that's what they did at, at the deadline. I went back to red there. Yeah. But I, and I knew that going in, but they also, I think they, they knew that if you go like 10 and 20 games without even putting someone in the lineup, it might wear on their confidence. So... Um, it was actually, yeah, the, the goalie coach, Jacques Le Perrier, I think was his name. And he came down and, and tapped me at, after practice. I had no idea. I went over to assume the position, taking one-timers, and then I was going to do my <laughs> skating drills and all that. And he said, hey, you're, you're in tonight. And I just smirked, called my parents. <laughs> no joke. I was a Shorzy reference, but I really did. And uh, I went to the rink that night, and I wasn't in the starting lineup. Like, I was on the fourth line. But they told me, hey, you're going to start. And I went out there for like a minute against that line. And to say I was nervous would be an absolute understatement. But but it was an awesome, awesome feeling. I threw a couple of hits. And I remember when I went back to the bench, everybody being really, really pumped that, you know, that it, it went OK. Like it, it was a real, real good memory. And um, long way around what you what you mentioned. Yeah, it's a big boost. And it's not only a big boost to the player that gets to start, to everybody else if he does his job, right? I mean, it's uh, they're proud of you. It's a teammate. Yeah. Oh, I think, I think, well, you know, being your first game obviously even adds to it more a little bit for sure. But just the fact that I don't care if it's, you know, game 23 last night for the Edmonton Orders, they're on a four-game winning streak, and you start the third line, and then they score 20. Uh, eight seconds in on a great four check by Fogel, then McLeod bangs at home and suddenly he has two goals in 48 seconds of play, considering he scored the empty netter against Winnipeg. Amazing how that works for players. But, yeah. you know, it, it just, it, it gets everybody going, right? And then their their next line comes out and, and Hyman scores and you're just like, oh man, like this, like the orders, it was almost a, a re- well, not almost, it was a complete reversal of where Carolina was up 4 nothing over the orders a few weeks ago. And, you know, Edmonton right now, Terry, like there's, there's not one factor of their game that isn't going. Their offense is rolling. Their defense is, you know, like you can't ask the orders to be much better defensively when you're only giving up eight goals in five games. Uh, their goaltender has a 943 save percentage. In the winning streak, their penalty kill is 94. Their power play is 43%. Their face-offs are 56%. Like there's, what, like it, there's winning streaks, Terry, sometimes where you win where maybe you don't deserve to win. Like the orders are full marks right now for all their wins. Yeah, and it's, you know, I, I'm not going to say like I, I saw like the five wins right away, but I think we all knew that they were way underachieving, right? You look at all the outlying numbers at the beginning, and they were way, way underachieving. Now, they weren't playing great either, but you figured it was going to even out a little bit. And what I see is that it started to even out, but then these guys really started to, you know, because they needed a bit of confidence. They need a booth. Even though they were getting all kinds of shots and everything, it's not going in and statistics say one thing and analytics say another and all these people are all over us and media and trades and goalies and coaches and you're thinking, what's going on here? But when everybody takes a breath, then you get a couple of those wins and then the third win, now you're starting to do things without even thinking about it. And when I see them, 
now, it looks like a well-oiled machine. The CMC now looks like the team that made it so far last year that people are hopeful for that might have a chance to do something this year and go all the way, right? But that's, that looks entirely possible now when uh, it was maybe out of the realm of possibility a few weeks ago. Terry Ryan joins us. Uh, Philip Broberg, uh, TR. Uh, it was an interesting one. Here's how I, well, here's my understanding of what happened. So, you know, the organization had told him, you know, he was here for the practice days for a bit, and they said, okay, after they play the game Wednesday, unless there's an injury, you know, we're going to send you down to, to the minors, because he's been a healthy scratch 13 out of 15 games, or 13, 12 out of whatever it is, 12 out of 14. Like, he needs to play, right? He's played a total of 100 yeah. minutes of ice time this year. And now he's a young guy. He's frustrated. He tells his agent, ah, you know, his agent leaks out, oh, yeah, no, they're seeking a trade. And then Kent, no, we never said he could seek a trade. Like the order, because usually when you tell a guy you can seek a trade, that means they're done. Like the organization's ready to move on. They're not ready yeah. to move on with Philip Broberg at all. And I think like in Montreal, you know, your former team, you got, uh, Jakai, who's a fan favorite. Well, guess what? He's exact same age as Broberg. He went down to the minors and I love Marty St. Louis answer. He goes, Hey, this is just part of the young guy's development. I don't feel sorry for him. Like no one develops in a perfect straight line. You know what? You got to go down. You play well. And I look at the same thing for Broberg. Like Broberg needs to play minutes. And even if it's 50 or 60 games in the American League, that's still better than playing eight games or 12 games at 10 minutes a night in the NHL, right? Like, he's got to play. And then next year, if he plays great, then you can say, okay, this offseason, maybe then we have to make him a, a space for him regularly in our third pairing on the left defense to start. Is that fair? Yeah, and I think, you know, when I first saw that, I thought maybe it was a mutual agreement. And, and, and now that to, to find out today that it's not, that the Oilers, I mean, to me, it shows that, they're kind of into the guy. Like, you know, like, just have a little bit of patience. Look, the biggest mistake I ever made in my entire life, at least when it, outside of family and all that, was not going back to Montreal camp. It was the stupidest decision I've ever made. It was three years. I was under contract. I'm rookie of the year down there. I get some games. My second year, pretty good numbers again. I think 45 points or something in 55 games maybe which was an improvement points per game. Like I was down there improving and yet I couldn't see the forest through the trees. Mm -hmm. Now my agent and everybody else talking to me and I really did think I deserved a shot, but you know what? There's two way contracts. There's one way contracts. There's, uh, you know, biases within organizations that aren't always obvious that aren't even always unjustified. And I didn't take any of it into account and it wasn't for money. It wasn't for anything else. I was so confident myself as a player I said, no, I'm not going. No, I'm not going to camp. Now, trade me. I want a chance somewhere else. What happened that year, Jason? The Montreal Canadiens had the most injuries they've ever had. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Asham, Matt Higgins, a uh, bunch, Gordy Dwyer, a bunch of my friends got up. And whether they got traded or whatever, it started their NHL careers. And I was, three years later, uh, delivering Red Bull out of the back of the truck in Newfoundland playing senior hockey. And it was the stupidest decision I've ever made. I can honestly tell you that, at least with a professional career choice, and I really think that now hearing that the Oilers actually have some confidence in him, I would hone my craft if I was him. Shut up, go down, get the minutes, because you're going to be in the NHL. And you're not only young, you're really young. And he's got a long, bright future ahead of him if he just has the right attitude. I wish I could, well, I, I can't say go back. I got a good life, but that, that's a mistake that I made. And um, I've always known that and learned from it. Yeah, and that's fair. So, so you when you didn't report, so you didn't sign with them, correct? You just ended up signing in the no. IHL, or how did it work? 
they offered me a contract, so they own my rights. They offered me whatever it was at the time. I think I had to get a 15% raise or whatever. Yeah. And I didn't even want to hear about it. Now, I, it's kind of funny. Ray Jean Houle, again, I got nothing against the guy. M- Michelle Therrien I really had a problem with, and I did not want to go back. I know that in the back of my mind that that was part of it. I did not want to deal with that guy anymore. But Ray Jean Houle, he told me before camp, this was in August. He said, he called because I didn't really want to go to camp. I said, just trade me. You know, my buddies like Darcy Tucker and Craig Conroy and Jim Campbell and God, all these guys are getting traded, Valerie Bray, and, and they're successful. Like, you know, I, I was your big pick. You know, why did you even do it? He said, well, I didn't pick you in the first round. He said, I, I don't think you're a good enough skater. That was Serge Savard. And he said, well, you're going to be our number one guy in the minors. You'll be our captain in Quebec. It was the Quebec Citadels for a couple of years after Fredericton. And uh, you'll be our first call-up. And I took that as a complete slap in the face. I said, well, are you kidding me? You're giving me a letter in the minors before camp starts with the stats I've got. And, again, that's a privilege. But I, I didn't take it like that. I really got upset, and I didn't go to camp, and the rest is history. And then you ended up – was that the year you ended up playing in St. John's? Or- yeah. I mean, look, this is fine. My agent was Mike Barnett, Wayne Gretzky's agent. Yeah. And if you really want to know, I put all my trust in him. Now, it was my idea to sit out, but he co- totally agreed with it. Um, and he knew he had, he had takers for me. So it was like I went out to University of Alberta. I was practicing with the Golden Bears till like November. And I call him like, Mike, what is going on here? And he said, I got a game for you down in Long Beach. Then I went to Long Beach and I found there was no, t- I played one game there. There was nowhere for me in the roster. I said, what are you doing? So he, then he says, well, you'll trade it to Utah. And I'm in Utah for seven games. And I kid you not. I called my agent, Mike Barnett. I said, Mike, why am I here? Get me out of here. You know what he said? He said, I think you should make the move to left wing. Now, I was a left winger. I hadn't played center since I was 16. I said, what? And then I called my dad, like, big gulp, big breath, and I was like, he doesn't even know what position I played. And then I just knew a guy at home, Glenn Stanford, who still runs um, the, the Growlers back there. And he was, you know, just getting started with the St. John's Leafs. And he said, come on here. You'll sign an independent contract with the city, okay. play with St. John's. And I knew that Toronto were trying to trade for me. And um, without going into more detail, because it could be confidential, I know what was offered. It didn't happen. But that's why I chose St. John's, which also wasn't a great decision, Jason, because it was my hometown. And I sold tickets. But, you know, all I wasn't owned by Toronto. So it was me, but pretty much Sean Thornton um, and, and we, we were we were consistently on the fourth line, throwing 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 down, which was all right. And um, you know it was a decent year. It was fun to play at home, but it wasn't the best hockey decision. Terry, great story, man. We appreciate it. Uh, I love it. It's really good insight for Broberg. Like you, you know what, you never know when it could, you're, he can go down to the minors, and in one week there could be an injury, and then he comes back up and he never goes back down. He stays in the NHL the rest of his career. You never know. So yeah, there's no reason. I get you can be frustrated. And it's actually good. I want a guy who's frustrated. I don't want a guy who's like, oh, okay, great. Hey, no problem. See you later. Uh, maybe you'll call me back up. Like, you don't want those guys. You want a guy to be frustrated. But then to use that frustration, say, I'll show you, you you know what, and I'll go down there and dominate. And someone is going to scout me, and someone else on another team might trade for me. And away we go. So uh, good advice from Terry Ryan. We'll take a quick break. Uh, we'll come back with more on the Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca live in the EUL studio, E-W-E-L dot C-A for all your electrical needs. It's a great song, Cons. I love it. Getting fired up here on a 
Tuesday. We should, I hate speaking of getting fired up, uh, update you on the uh, month of giving. Uh, well, man, we've had an unreal first hour and 26 minutes today. We are at uh, $5,500 from uh, Douglas for the uh, Glendale Associate Membership for the 2024 golf season, the Glendale Golf and Country Club. This uh, It's basically like you remember for a year. It's by, you get a trial run without having to buy a share. You get a trial run for a year to see if you like it. It's basically you're paying your dues. It's unreal. You get uh, all access to the uh, uh, to the tees as any other shareholder. Club storage, all the driving range, everything. Your f- immediate family are social members, which includes uh, no additional charge, and that includes all access to all the facilities and the amazing outdoor pool. Okay? So uh, if you want in on that, 833-401-1440 is the number. We're helping out the Christmas Bureau today, so you have an opportunity to help out uh, a lot of families. And kids just have a, you know, some of these things that we take for granted, maybe a little bit of time at Christmas, uh, great food, and a few gifts. Let's get uh, around the NHL now, brought to you by McDonald's. The Sweet Maple Barbecue and Savory Bacon Unite. Or 100% Canadian beef for the Maple Barbecue and Bacon Quarter Pounder. Only available for a limited time. Ooh, that sounds so good right now at McDonald's. And uh, our next guest, of course, uh, analyst for the uh, Ottawa Senators, uh, was the uh, the number two overall pick in the uh, 2005 NHL entry draft. Uh, played 866 games in the National Hockey League had uh, multiple, uh, what is it, six, seven, seven, 20 time, uh, goal score, including, uh, four 30 goal seasons. Bobby Ryan joins us. Uh, Bobby, welcome to the show. I'm Jason Greger alongside, uh, Terry Ryan. How you doing? I'm doing good, fellas. Thanks for the, uh, the nice introduction. Sometimes I forget those things. So. Hey, buddy, <laughs> how, how do you forget those numbers? You kidding me? Jeez, guys would, guys would trip over themselves to jump in the league and have, uh, four consecutive 30 goal seasons. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back, it was something, but, uh, yeah, you, you tend to forget. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's fair. Um, give me your thoughts from a guy who obviously, you know, you, you cover auto very closely. The Jacques Martin situation here, like a, a coaching mentor. I understand that the players went to organizations and say, hey, we don't want a lot of changes. And I understand that, but they're in last place still. I know they have tons of games in hand, but, you know, even if you look at their points percentage, they're, they're 14th. The season hasn't gone as well as they would like. Is this, is this a good move? Is this just extending kind of a stay of execution for the head coach? How do you view it? I, I view it as both those things. Uh, I don't think they brought in Jacques Martin to be the replacement. Um, there's been some speculation on that, but nobody nobody has the inner workings of what Jacques Martin wants at 71 years old. So it's hard to say exactly what the thing is uh, going to turn out to be, but what I do what I do appreciate about it right now is it's an extra set of defensive eyes. Yeah, you can talk about the Ottawa Senators they go north very well. They, they're good offensively. They score five on five. The power play is pretty good. Where they struggle is defensive zone lapses and attention to detail. And those are two things that Chuck Sartan is going to bring to the table, as well as some defensive accountability um, with the staff, right, and making sure that you're, um, you're rewarding the guys that play well defensively to get the puck moving north. And uh, I, I think it's going to be a breath of fresh air for some guys to hear a different voice not to take away from the coaches that are there, but I do believe that sometimes it gets stale and they've had that group for six years now. And sometimes it just needs uh, a tweak or, or something different to, to kickstart things. So you look at 
like Thomas Shabbat, unfortunately, has got a lot of injuries. But the defensive issue, like I didn't pick Ottawa to make the playoffs this year. I thought they, I thought they could be a ninety-point team and be right there. But I still didn't love their overall defense group because I don't think they have a lot of natural defenders. You know what I mean? Like guys who are defense first. Do do you view it that way? And do you think they need to maybe just change some personnel moving forward on their back end? To a degree, I think. And while I appreciate what you're saying, I do think the game has changed so much that it's become such a puck moving position. Um, I think where they find trouble is that they have three very, very similar players in Sanderson, Chikrin, and Shabbat. Um, and then you have to fill out around them. So your five and six aren't necessarily going to be natural defenders. You do need penalty killers to fill in the gap. But you have three offensive defensemen that um, that you're building around. And if you put two or two, excuse me, if you put two of them together, um, you better have the puck because they're not all great defensively just yet. Sanderson will be, but he's learning. Shabbat and Chikrin are kind of who they're going to be already. Um, but I do agree with the take that they. In years past, they brought, they tried to bring in some bigger, burly guys to defend the net a little better, and it hasn't worked out. Um, I do think they have some guys waiting in the wings that are going to take that step to be that. But um, you know, if, if you're looking at this season, time is kind of of the essence, and I don't know exactly where you make a change to bring that in right now. But um, they are lacking that. that. There's no question. Even Zub, who's a big guy, is not a physical guy. He's just a good puck-moving defenseman that can defend. But if you can't defend with grit, um, it makes getting to the net a lot easier. And that's, that's where they struggle, in front of the net in those battles. Bobby, like many teams that were a little bit more optimistic at the beginning of the season, they haven't had great goaltending. But I think they've got a couple of above average, I won't say great, but possibly goaltenders. Now, I haven't seen all the games. I watch when I can. But mm-hmm. I know the numbers aren't great. So how do the fans, what's the feeling around the team? Do you think they'll go for trade for a goalie, or do you think they're confident in what they have? I think they're quite content. I don't want to say confident. I do think they're content with what they have. I, I view it as more of a, a 1B and a 1B situation. I think that you can ride one of them when, the, when their hand gets hot. Like, Forsberg's been great um, the last couple wins. But it doesn't necessarily go hand in hand. You can't win in this league with a goalie that's pitching an 850 save percentage, which he had been doing. But at the same time, I do think that they're asking their goalies to make too many grade A chances, save, uh, excuse me, grade A saves a game. I think sometimes you're up in the 10 to the 12 region. That's, that's just too much to ask. I think when they get tighter defensively, then yes, they have two very, very good goaltenders and quite capable goaltenders of stealing games. You just have you have to ask a little less of them than they are getting right now. So they're probably saying we have no support while the fans are screaming for their heads to make a save. So it's kind of a catch-22. <laughs> You've got to get better across the board. The goaltending is capable. You just can't allow them to have odd man rushes. You can't allow them to get backdoored. You can't allow them to be – you can't be asking them to make 10-bell saves two minutes into a game, which is quite consistent with the way the Sens start games. Uh- now, Bob, it's interesting you mentioned that because uh, here in Edmonton, now Edmonton and Minnesota are 100-point teams, so maybe it's an unfair comparison because Ottawa is not that. But uh, they were two teams who were underachieving um, and, and guys who people were raving about their coaches as, as recent as last season. They make coaching changes. Now, the, I, I thought both teams were underachieving, right? So I guess my question to you in a long run, is Ottawa underachieving and could a coaching change maybe just be the spark to get it going or are there deeper issues? I think there's some deeper issues. I think that anybody that 
generally replaces a, a coach midseason, and we're not even going to call it that. Let's call it, let's call it the quarter mark. When you re- when you replace a coach at that point in time, you're going to win some games out of the gate, and then you will settle back into the team that you were. You, players are just going to play a little harder, trying to assert themselves into a position, right, to put their best foot forward with a new coach. That's understandable. So you're gonna you're gonna win some games out of the gate, and you're gonna play a little harder out of the gate. Um, you'll see the benefits of it, but it, you know, time necessarily settles it back down, and you you become the team that you already were, while trying to implement that. I don't. I, I've been. I've been very adamant that I don't think the coaching staff is necessarily the problem in Ottawa. Um, I, I think that when you look at DJ Smith's era for the first five years, he wasn't asked to win. He was asked to teach. Now he's being asked to win and coach. And there's, it takes time. It takes time to change that over. Um, and players, players are you know, being met with a different set of expectations than in years past. And, and quite frankly, it's a large jump. So there's going to be some growing pains, and I think that's what they're going through. It's just the growing pains of learning how to compete every night, play the system every night. Um, they've been losing for so long that they get to a point where they start chasing a game way too early and not relying on themselves enough in the third period to win games late. So there's some issues. I don't necessarily think the coaching changes. Well, it's been said that it's not imminent. I don't think it's necessary. I, I've played for DJ. He certainly knows how to motivate, and that's the head coach's main job. Bobby, Josh Norris, I watched the game against the Rangers. He looks engaged. I know he's been inconsistent. I won't say playing poorly. I don't really know. But I'm curious. Do you think the somewhat slow start, or at least inconsistent part of it, had anything to do with the injury that he suffered in the off, or I guess last season, and his uh, time off due to that injury? And uh, how does he look now? Did I just see an outlier, or has he looked a lot better as of late? I think he looks – I think the word engaged is good. I, I wouldn't – and I, I'm i a big fan of Josh's game and the way that he plays. Um, he hasn't been great, but people forget he missed a year of hockey with a really bad injury at 24 years or whatever it is of age with not a lot of time under his belt. So, it's, you know, games played previous to the injury. So there was going to be a curve. He came out and scored two goals, and everybody thought our 35-40 goal scores back. And I was very quick to say, let's pump the brakes a little bit here he's running on a lot of adrenaline tonight. He's going to come back down to earth. And I think he's settling back into trying to find consistency. Um, the chances have been there. I, I saw a couple, couple nights ago, he had some really good looks that just didn't go, but he consistently finds himself into areas to shoot the puck. Um, and it's not for a lack of effort. I'd like to see him grow his game a little bit defensively. He's, he's on the North side of the puck too much for me, but those are coachable things. And he will absolutely get back to that player um, and that goal scorer, I believe that by watching his game, uh, knowing the person, I, I think he's just going through it a little bit, and that's that's to be expected when you miss that much time. Brady Kachuk is a, is a player could play on my team any day, Bobby. Yeah, I, I, I love just I love his intensity. You know, I love like at times he'll get. I think hockey is you know it's a you, it's an emotional game and you can get into it with your teammates as long as it's respectful and then you're fine afterwards. You know, he pushes a lot of the right buttons. Where do you think his frustration level is at with how things are going right now? Like he's had a good season, got 13 goals, right? Like he's you know I, I think yeah. it's a guy with all the shots he gets, he, he should be a 45 goal scorer or at least, to be honest. Like, he's right around there. He's where you're supposed to be. But yeah. wh- where is he at? And, you know, he's a, still, he's a pretty young guy to be a captain, right? In a time where an organization, everybody was expecting this to be the breakout year, and it doesn't look like it's going to be. I, I, I think he's 
It's such a great question because watching the body language, and it's it's hard to tell with a guy like Brady because you you just know that he's going to be in the fight every night, and that's what you ultimately want from your captain. He is, in my experience, he's a, he's a little more quiet than I think people think in the room. Uh, and maybe I had him just, just a young kid that was learning, but he had all the, I guess, the attributes you would look for and what's going to be a captain. He's got a way of dragging guys into the fight. So I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I always have room for him on a team. I don't think he's fed up by any means. I, I think I think sometimes he lets his emotions get the best of him um, out there. But I, but I do believe he's he's the right guy for the job. I think he's very, very committed to the process that they have going there. That's going to take some time, and he understands that. He's sick of not playing in the playoffs. I, I completely get that. Um, but now, now it's the time when you find out if your captain's actually got it, right? And he's going to be able to drag those guys into the fight every night because now mm-hmm. you're just going to start to get – you're going on the road for a really hard trip after this week. Um, you got to keep your guys engaged, and you got to win some games because you got games in hand. You're not when you look at the win percentage; they're not out of it by any stretch of the imagination. They just have to string together, you know, a couple games streak here and there. But uh, you know, I've played with a lot of guys, and if you ask me one guy that I would absolutely follow all the time, I think it would be Brady Kachuk. He's up there. What's your expectations for Patrick Kane in Detroit? I, I don't know if I love the fit. Um, I, I, I would assume he's going to play with Debrinket. Is he playing? Is it tonight? Yes. Or they, they, I, I thought so. I, I thought they were talking about his first game possibly being in Ottawa the other day. I think he'll settle in naturally with Debrinket, and that gives him, that's probably part of the reason he signed there is because there's some familiarity, um, and he's not going to a completely new set of line mates. So uh, it's hard to set an expectation on a guy that's always been over a point per game. And I don't know where he's going to slot in on the power play there, but um, you know Patrick's going to do Kaner things. <laughs> he's going to find ways to contribute. At the very least, most nights he's going to draw attention to himself. So even if he's not at his best after the injury and he's lost a step in his age and injury, um, you still have to pay attention to him everywhere. So I think he's going to help that team. I think Detroit's a playoff team this year, and I didn't I didn't pick that early on, but um, I've watched four or five games in the last. Uh, Call it, call it half a month, and man, they look good. Um, but but at times they look terrible too. So <laughs> it's just that, it's that weird part of the year where I, I can't wait till January where we can really start to see the separation between the teams that have taken the jump and the teams that have regressed. And uh, one last one for me, uh, Bobby. As a guy who knew how to score, right? We we outline your numbers off to start. Scoring regularity is difficult to do in the National Hockey League. There's no question. As a former player, when you watch some of the guys, and you know Connor McDavid was a little banged up, uh, then admittedly even kind of you know lost a little mojo for a very short time for him. But uh, he's obviously back uh, at a level that very few players are. Um, when you played against guys like Crosby and Ovechkin, who are just you know they're in a little di- different of a category. Is there is it is there ever like a mental, you know, do they have a mental advantage before some games where guys are almost scared of them? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. And don't think they're not aware of it. Right. They know they know. And here's the thing. Sometimes I've been on teams where we you know, played for Guy Boucher. We went in to play Conor McDavid, and we just had somebody stand next to him the whole game, and he still he still had two points. You're just <laughs> you cannot prepare for what he's going to do. So you absolutely, when your sole focus is on one player, and we'll just use McDavid because you're an Edmonton as, as an example, um, it, it takes away from the rest of the game. 
but you have to do it. You have to pay that special attention to a player. So, yes, they're in your heads before you start. You see them across the line when you're lining up for face-offs or whatever, and you're like, okay, my sole purpose right now is not to score. It's not to get scored on. And if it's McDavid lately, it's not to end up on a highlight reel like Burns did. <laughs> so you're, uh, they, they absolutely have a leg up going into games, and you're, and you're very, very cognizant of the fact that they know they're good, they know they're the best, and they're going to push it. Well, Bobby, hey, uh, quickly, uh, Ottawa-Toronto, it's always a big rivalry. Uh, you know, the Sens, you mentioned, they got to get on a roll here, like Edmonton and Minnesota, you got to get going. And Toronto's a, a team that's a little weak on their back end. How do the Sens exploit them tonight? Well, I think you, you need to gain the center of the ice, which Ottawa does a good job of. You, when you think about the way the Stutzel plays, um, Drew plays, they, they get off the wall well. Um, you, need to, you need to command the center of the ice tonight. You need to drive the, back, the D back. Uh, I think a lot of their D are good if when they have time and space to make reads, but when you, when you put the pressure on them and you have them on their heels and you make them make split decisions, whether it's taking flat puck or body, uh, you, you can expose some weaknesses. They just have to play. You cannot run and gun um, with the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's, that's not the way the Sens are built to play. So you, you can't get trapped into that. And, and ultimately, um, you, you have to shut down 34 and, and Nylander. That's, that's really all it comes down to. Yeah. yeah no, Nylander's a hell of a player, man. He's playing him. Oh, man. man. <laughs> he's, he's about to get a bag, isn't he, this Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, lots of bags. Uh, no, yeah. question. <laughs> no question. No question. Sure. Bobby, thanks for this. We really appreciate it. Have a great day. It's my pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, Bobby Ryan. And uh, TR, that guy came out of the blocks, man, and had uh, quite the career. You, you think about it, uh, you know, his first year, played a few games, was up in the minors, and his first four seasons in the NHL, 31, 34, 33, 32 goals. Like, that's, uh, you know, and obviously he had, uh, you know, he had some, uh, some off-ice stuff that, uh, you know, got his life sorted out again uh, a little bit later on. But, man, he was a hell of a player. One of my favorite stories, man, and players. Like, I, I know the story is a little bit... Negative, but well, a little bit, but um, not for anything he did. He he overcame a lot of adversity in his life. Yeah, and uh, it, not only did he score those goals, man, a lot of those were highlight reel. They were spectacular goals. He wasn't afraid to go for it when he was real young and challenge NHL defensemen one on one. An absolute. I think now that you can look at his career in a package and say, you know, that was a mighty fine career, but you kind of at least. I do, and I, and, I've, and I like the guy, but I often kind of forget, I, I underrate, underestimate how good he was early in his career, like you just mentioned, an absolute lights-out wagon. Oh, God, yeah, like he, you know what, just huge goal scorer. And, like, you know, yeah. his, his career was shortened, and he still finished with the seventh most goals in his draft class. Right. And like, that's wild. Guys were playing four or 500 more games than him. Right. Uh, but, you know, and he, he did have the end now. Like, you know, James Neal was like, James Neal was a, a late pick. Him and like, James Neal was a, probably another underrated goal scorer. James Neal had the third, third most goals in that draft class and only played 869 games. Right. Like he, his foot speed kind of gave out on him, but man, he had, he's a big body who could really shoot the puck and play in tight. Uh, Gregor and Ryan with you on Sports 1440. We'll update you the month of giving keeps going up. I love it. Courtesy of, uh, Glendale Golf and Country Club. And we'll come back with Ryan's rant. What's he ranting about? Find out next in the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 
350. How are you? Welcome back to The Gregor Show on Sports 1440. Orders Nation YouTube is always presented by PlayAlberta.ca. And the month of giving continues on. Our uh, golf membership today at the Glendale. Uh, Cam was in at 6000 and now Douglas is in at $6,200. 833-401-1440. You get the uh, full membership. It's like you get a trial period. You get to try it out for a year, see if you like it. Trust me. You're going to like it. You get all the golf course amenities, everything stored for your clubs. It's awesome. You get T-sheet whenever you want. You also have a social membership for your family at the outdoor pool. And I should say pools because there's a little kitty waiting pool. And then there's a big pool. You got the diving board. You want to show off some moves? You know? Maybe you uh, could do a cannonball, the old can opener, maybe a little jackknife dive. Who knows? Big area to play around in. Of course, they got the uh, uh, huge uh, outdoor uh, restaurant right there. You show up. Oh, I'll tell you right now. They, uh, they like that I've ate a lot of it, but the ice cream there is uh, really good. Really good. So uh, we're helping out the Christmas Bureau today, and we're up to $6,200, which is awesome. Uh, we will get to, uh, I'm Jason Greger alongside uh, Terry Ryan. It's time to get to Ryan's Rant, brought to you by Action Electrical, the most diversified electrical contractor in Alberta. Projects, service, TIG, that's uh, preventative maintenance, as well as uh, all the new solar solar and uh, energy. So check it out at actionelectrical.net. Here's Terry Ryan. Thank you, Jason. First of all, first part of this rant has to go out. A shout out to Connor, who's playing unbelievable music, lead-in music. Was that Let Your Backbone Slide by Maestro Fresh West, I think I heard? It was. Killer tracks, man. That's great. I don't know. I know I'm a lot older than Connor, and that's a deep cut even for someone my age at this point. So great. And uh, I believe it was Green Day Holiday and the Beatles' Hey Bulldog. Three real, uh, of each genre, they're way up the list. Thanks a lot. You read my mind without knowing it. Okay. Now, when I'm at home in the summer, and a lot of kids might ask me what they need to work on. And, you know, I, I do some, I do do some coaching and over the years, you know, I guess I work with here and there. I, I never take a team. I don't have enough time, but if, if, if someone wants me to go up and maybe help their Adam team with systems or something, I'll always lend an air, lend a hand. Okay. So over the years, and this includes even playing in the minors. I remember talking to people and coaches would often say, as I do to players, you know, don't always play to your strengths, even though it's a game. Like you, you, you for example, like, I loved taking the puck on my forehand and I, I didn't like being on the side to get it on my backhand because my think would, thinking would be, well, if I just get it on my forehand, then we have a way better chance. I'm going to see the ice. What's the difference? We're breaking out, right? But but if you consistently do that, you're not going to improve as a player. So it doesn't matter if it's practice or a game. You should, I mean, it does, but you, you should do those things in a game setting just to, A, to create a, better habit and be to improve at the thing that you need to improve on. It's easy to ignore many weak attributes, right? It's easy. Some D you won't even know it, that they can't go one way better than the other, unless you really analyze it. Some forwards, you won't realize that maybe they, it isn't, their shot isn't as accurate when they're in a certain part of the ice or they can't one time it because they won't go in the position to one time it. Right? So, When you see someone do the little things that are addictive and that teammates see, and I often like to point it out to players, going, look, look what this particular player did here. 
And last night I saw a great example of it watching the Oilers game. A lot of people ask me, like, what players are we – we often talk about it. You know, like, who do you like in the NHL? Who do you? It's not always the obvious for me. I mean, obviously, Connor McDavid and Patrick Kane and down the list, Crosby, they're all awesome players. But I love watching Zach Hyman play. And he made a move yesterday. We were talking about McLeod, you know, what rubs off on young guys coming in that need to go to the areas. Zach Hyman is a smart hockey player. Anyway, okay, but there was a move that he made. He went and he kind of threw it off the boards, turned around. It was like a kind of a backspin pass to himself, and he shook off the defender, whoever that was. Now he starts to go behind the net. Now a lot of people, you wouldn't even notice it. If he kept going straight... Right and opened himself up, maybe gave it to the point or saw who was out front and threw it there, you wouldn't even know that the option he ended up taking existed. Right? Because he's a good hockey player and he had full control of the puck. He could go around the net, create space. But instinctively, Zach Hyman pulled it out in front of the net. Now, that's the NHL. He made it look like Pee Wee. He shouldn't be able to do that so easy, but he did because he saw that's that space is open. Now, I might go there... Bad things happen often. Bad things, right? I might get slashed. I might get hit. My neck might pop back the other way. Like, I'm putting myself in a very, very vulnerable position. Mm -hmm. But if I succeed, I might score. And he did. Now, just like I say to people to take it on their backhand in a game, right? Like, do this. You could easily not do it. You could take it on your forehand. But if you do this... You're going to get better. You're going to create more opportunities. And it's going to be addictive to your teammates. Well, for someone like McLeod or anybody, really. But if you're an Edmonton fan in general, but I mean, if you're a teammate and you're looking at that, I think it would encourage you to realize not only that that's a possibility, but maybe I can make those decisions, too. Again, I don't want to pick on McLeod because I think he's a good player. I think he's fast. I think he's coachable. He doesn't seem to complain much. He's usually positive. He's smiling. He seems to have a decent attitude most of the time. I don't know the guy. So I don't want to knock him by by pointing out his negative attributes. But we all know that maybe he has to do a little bit more what Zach Hyman did yesterday on a consistent basis. And it's nice to see somebody out there almost subconsciously take that route because I think it's addictive, and I think a team like Edmonton that's coming out of a little bit of a funk, well, they're well out of it now, but still, right, still, they need to get into a playoff position. There's a lot that has to happen, right? That was an example. When you have players like that that not only give their heart and soul, but in that position take the hard route without even realizing, without even, that was instinct. I think that kind of stuff is really contagious, and I think – and I'm not only seeing it from him, that was an example, but there's right down the list, people that you complained about during the year, maybe Nurse should be traded and and, and Bouchard is not doing this, but, but they have lately, though. They've been blocking shots, both of them, and they've been making a lot of the the better decisions. And I guess I just figured I'd point out one to a lot of fans that, might have lost some confidence a little while ago. That's the reason I think the team is going to go far because I think their leaders don't just speak. I think that they actually go out there and do something about it. And that was an example. 
Yeah, Zach Hyman is, especially in a blue collar town like Edmonton, I can tell you Zach Hyman uh, is endeared. It doesn't hurt that he, you know, writes children's books too. You know, he seems like a, a, you know, genuinely nice guy when you see Zach Hyman. Everyone's interacting with him, but on the ice, he's just, he's relentless. Terry, like relentless in his work ethic and how he goes about things. And, you know, it's funny for me when I, when I look at Toronto and I see how they build their team, I just, I'm surprised they let that guy go for $5 million. Like it wasn't like he got paid seven. Like I know he got term, but he's a good skater. Right. He wasn't that like he's his contract will end when he's 35. Like that's 35 nowadays is like it's it's like probably 30 was 10 or 15 years ago. Like it's not that the players are just in better shape. They keep in better shape now like that. That was the one decision around Toronto that I and I know they had money tied up in forwards. But, you know, Nylander is their grittiest of their of their skilled forwards. In my opinion, yeah. by, by far, right? And and Zach Hyman, like he'll fight. Like I still laugh at um when it was it was at L.A. or not, whoever he fought, and uh, you saw him look at the guy. No, no, I got it right because remember it was off the face off, and he's like, I can handle myself. I thought it was so funny. I can't remember which teammate it was. Yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah, and so yeah. I just I look at Hyman, and you know what? Like I think he's really worked on becoming more of a shooter. Like that's his. I think it was his first or second goal, the one he scored from the high slot. Like he normally scores as you mentioned that goal right out of the corner spinning and you know around the net like he did on Mike Davids but his second goal was from distance and that's not an area where he scored very often I think he's worked really hard at that and that might allow him to become a 40-45 goal scorer this season. They, they seem like they're at a Easter tournament in minor hockey man you know and I mean that in a good way um, and yeah and, and Hyman taking it there like Man, I played twice against Peter Forsberg, and I try to tell people, I'm like, he's one of the toughest players I've ever seen, man. He'll go through you. Yeah. You don't ever hear of him dropping his gloves, but toughness comes in all forms. And, yes, I think Hyman is very tough. I don't care how many times he drops his gloves, if at all. And I can't believe, thanks for bringing it up, that of all teams, the Toronto Maple Leafs had him and let him go. He's exactly what the Toronto Maple Leafs need yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, that's a that's a very odd one for me. Tr, that was a great uh, Ryan's rant brought to you by Action Electrical. Uh, hey man, I know you're super busy. Thanks for uh, joining us today. Uh, we look forward to everything getting back to normal after uh, the season three shooting. We also do you know when season three is coming out? Is it in the is it in the springtime? Do you have a release date I, yet? I believe they're going to time it with the playoffs. I believe I don't know for sure, but it's going to be around there. And knowing Jared and knowing Bell Media, that's what they'll do. Okay, well. Uh, there you go. We look uh, we look forward to that. Uh, we look forward to having you uh, on the show next week. Uh, happy filming. Thanks again. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Connor. Thank you, Edmonton. Good luck, Oilers. Talk to you guys soon. There you go. That's uh, Terry right now. If you missed TR's story in the first, and we'll put it up on our, on our socials, but his story about... And, and he related it to Phil Broberg because obviously Philip Broberg, hey, here, here's essentially what happened. Why? Because people, we get a lot of texts saying, why would the orders, like, why are they shopping him? And the orders aren't shopping him. Right. I want to make that clear. So here's, here's what happened with the Edmonton order. So they told Philip Broberg on, uh, sometime on Monday that guess what? Okay. Uh, by, by Wednesday, you know, after, if, if there's no injury, we're going to send you down. We want you to get some playing time. Right. Now, He's a reaction. He's disappointed, as every 22-year-old would be. Right? You want to play. 
He's frustrated. Oh, I'm going out of the minors. I mean, you know, because even if it's the right decision for you, we can all make, you know, an emotional reaction to it, right? Calls his agent. Ah, I got to get out of here, right? Like, God, get me out of here, whatever. So the agent now drums up some interest. Now his agent um, says, hey, guess what? Uh, you know, I've been given permission to... Uh, to seek out a trade. And usually when you're given permission to seek a trade, that means that a divorce is imminent, right? That's what it means. But the orders had no interest in wanting to get rid of Philip Broberg, right? You heard Ken Alton. I never gave the agent any sort of uh, opportunity to uh, facilitate a trade. A, the orders don't have a ton of defensive depth. B, Broberg's a 20-year-old, 22-year-old defenseman who has 79 NHL games. He's 22. Like, these people, like, I... I I'm always, I chuckle at people who want to use the B word. I don't know if they just think, ah, I want to be the first to say he's a bust. Like, the guy's played 79 games. He's 22 years of age. He, and, and out of those 79 games, how many has he played less than 10 minutes? You think that's a fair, actual evaluation of a player? No, now, he might never live up to the number eight, but that doesn't mean he's a bust. Right? He might go on to have a 700-game career. Now, he might only be a third-pairing defenseman, but that's not a bust, in my opinion, anyway. Maybe it isn't yours, and that's okay. We have different definition of a bust. And so Terry's story related to Broberg, you know what? He, he's, it's okay to be frustrated, but how he kind of ruined his own career because he let his frustration get in the way after in, in Montreal. He didn't resign with them. Rules were a little bit different then. And that season, Montreal had the most injuries they ever had. Their GM told him, hey, you're going to go to the minors. You're going to be a, wear a letter. You're going to be one of our top guys. He said, what do you don't? He let his emotions get the best of him. Three years later, he's out of the league. Had he stayed in Montreal, listen to what they said, all those injuries, he would have got called up, and who knows what would happen. Right now, he said, hey, I have a good life now. But it was, I think it was a really good message for, uh, for Philip Broberg to just remember that, hey, you know what? You're 22 years of age, man. You can play for another 15 years. No problem. So it's not always a sprint. So let's get to the Con Man Sports 1440 update brought to you by Fountain Tire. The Road Ready Sales event is on right now where you can get up to $225 off select tires and an additional $50 when you book any one of their services. Do it now at FountainTire.com. Some restrictions apply.